Hi, and thank you for joining our virtual happy hour with residency programs. My name is Fong, fourth year medical student in Miami. The goal is to bring residency program information provided by the current residents to you, the orthopedic surgery applicant, at your availability. Here are 23 questions to find you the perfect match for residency. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the OrthoR podcast. Here we welcome Dr. Matthew Siao. He happens to be my resident mentor at UCSD. He's a clinical two, PGY3. He did his undergrad at Princeton Medical School at NYU, residency now at UCSD, and currently undecided for fellowship. How are you doing, Dr. Siao? Good. Thanks for having me. Of course. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you have call weekend this weekend, and the last couple of days have been pretty difficult for you. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's just being a junior on the trauma rotation. Definitely. I'm sure there's much to learn. At least yeah. on my virtual rotation, there's a lot going on. Yeah, definitely. So I like to start things out super casual, and I wanted to ask if there's any traditions of the program, and if there are any, what are your favorites? Traditions of the program, we have quite a few. We're a pretty close-knit group of residents. I think due to COVID, things have kind of been thrown by the wayside a little bit just due to not being able to get together as much. But we have a few annual or semi-annual traditions. For example, we have what's called our post-OED party. Every year after our in-training exam in November, somebody hosts the entire residency at their house and we end up doing ortho-related activities while having fun and celebrating that we finished the 275 questions of OED. It's a pretty beast exam, so it's good to let off some steam afterwards. Another good tradition of ours is what's called the Coronado Shuffle, where it's basically a semi-annual bar crawl where we start off taking the ferry from downtown San Diego to Coronado Island, which is a very gorgeous island with a lot of... But yeah, we take a ferry from downtown San Diego to Coronado Island, which is a very chic part of town. Um, We end up doing a bar crawl, visiting different bars, getting some food, and we end up at the Hotel Del Coronado, which is a really fancy hotel and end up drinking a bunch of champagne um, to to celebrate the end of the shuffle. Lastly, one of our biggest traditions is actually interview weekend, which unfortunately isn't happening this year due to COVID, but traditionally is widely considered one of the most fun interview weekends of the interview trail and kind of a great way to get to know the residents here and, and our culture. Definitely. And I want to touch on a couple of things. First off, I mean, unfortunately, COVID kind of put a lot of things on pause and everything's are kind of pushed off until at least COVID passes. First off, OED sounds like a whole new USMLE step exam. And 217, I think 270 questions you mentioned, I'm sure. 275 or something. I don't know. It's way too many questions, whatever it is. For sure. Definitely, definitely a post OED party is definitely needed. But when you say that the interview, the post-interview uh, gathering is widely considered the best gathering, is that among all orthopedic programs or is that just in the California area? What's your opinion? Oh, I think it was the best interview weekend of the entire interview trail nationally, but I may be slightly biased. <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's, that's saying something. And it's unfortunate we 
don't actually get the chance to witness that at all this year because everything's going virtual. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 terrible. I mean, it, everything's kind of uh, unfortunately not how it should be, but hopefully we can get back to that soon. Hopefully, but unfortunately for us this year, we can't we can't really participate. But I mean, we'll keep it in mind at least for the next time or the next year if we if we're even a part of the UCSD program. Yeah. The next question I want to ask is kind of related to the first one, which is your OID party. What is the relationship between the different classes and how often do you and your co-residents hang out? Yeah, like I said, we hang out quite a bit. We have about five people per class. So overall, we have roughly 27 residents, which is, a I, I, I think, a perfect number because it's not too big where you're not really getting to know everyone, but not too small where... You know, you, you kind of wish you had a slightly bigger group. It's, it's a pretty nice size. We have a great mix of people who, you know, have families and children and others who don't. And we get together a lot. A lot of times we're, we're playing sports, pickup games, basketball, soccer. We play a lot of spike ball or beach volleyball or hang out at the beach or try one of the breweries. San Diego is known for a bu- having a bunch of microbreweries. So grabbing a beer, having people over for to watch a football game or whatever it may be. Yeah, we, we hang out quite a bit. Definitely. And I wanted to echo something I've heard, especially on the virtual rotation, is that surfing seems to be huge for your program as well. <laughs> yeah, I personally picked up surfing last summer. So it, it's, it's so much fun. I, it's now my new go-to hobby. There's, there's really no feeling like catching a wave um and that's me being converted to a true san diegan uh yeah and a bunch of us a bunch of us surf so it's a lot of fun no bias there for sure (laughs) (laughs) and i think you're the perfect person to ask for the next question which is does ucsd offer a five or six year program yeah so traditionally historically i guess ucsd was a six-year program and that included a one-year research year after intern year. We've phased out that research year and now have one person per year going to research, and the rest of the people do a five-year program, all clinical. The So, I, I mean, it's really dealer's choice when you're an applicant. You can apply into one, the other, or both tracks and rank them separately depending on what your goals you want to accomplish as a resident. So I, I happen to do the six-year program with research year after my intern year. I'm still in the process of wrapping up a lot of my projects, but have gotten a couple published already or accepted for publication as well. So yeah, like I said, it's really dependent on what you want to get out of it. You can choose either path. Thank you for offering your experience. In terms of putting the six-year program do you think you had a blast and what is your personal experience? Do you recommend it? Yeah, like I said, it depends on what you want to accomplish professionally. If you are someone who really likes research, it's a great pro it's a great program because well, you get to make your own schedule and work at the pace you want to work at and be productive or as as productive or you know, as little product or as least productive as you want to be. And it's also a good time to kind of sit back and and enjoy what san diego has to offer do some traveling i mean you know in in a non-covid world do a lot of traveling which i definitely did until march but still was productive and and was able to get a couple publications and hopefully a lot more 
so yeah, like I said, it, it really depends. Other people are very much set on doing five years and getting out of residency and doing it quick, as quickly as possible. And others don't really care to do research or, or, and other people, you know, want a, a more chill year and want to do the research, do, do the research track, but maybe focus on one or two projects and that's it. And that's totally okay as well. I think it just depends on a person to person basis. And your insight there is completely appreciated. Uh, I didn't know what the six year program actually entailed. So a lot of the information you right now is actually super helpful in terms of allowing me to decide whether or not I want to apply to either or both. Great. And I will touch on research and further question. But the next question I had to ask was, what is the culture of the program? We're very laid back as a group of people. We like to hang out, chill. But at the same time, we're very hardworking. We work long hours like every residency. We have we see a lot of crazy traumas and high volume. Hang out a lot. But we play hard and... And so it's, it's a nice balance. And we, I think the culture is that way because of the residents and the faculty that's, that encompass the program. We have a great group of mentors, a great group of faculty who, I, I know you got to experience it as a virtual sub-I, but they're all extremely supportive. When you don't know something, they're, they're more about teaching you rather than intimidating you. Um, they really create a culture of learning that is, at least for my style of learning, very positive. And that tracks down from our program director, Dr. Schwartz, and our chairman, Dr. Abrams, our interim chairman, all the way down to the residents and our, my senior residents and chief residents and down to us. And now that I have you know, interns below me, hopefully they feel the same way about the program. And I, I'm confident that they do. I think that's also one of the things that stood out to the program. And in regards to the program, we're going to talk about strengths now. What stood out to you before you applied, especially if you did a away rotation there? And now what's the gem now that you're a resident that you didn't realize beforehand? I think the culture was what stood out to me the most. When I was looking for a program, I, I knew that everywhere I was applying to and interviewing at and rotating at was going to train me to be a very good surgeon or else they wouldn't be, you know, a, a great, you know, orthopedic surgery program. But I was looking for somewhere that fit my style of learning and the people, the residents and the faculty surrounding me on a daily basis. I wanted to look for a good fit. And here, that's, that's what I found. And that happened to be an amazing fit. I did an away rotation here kind of a mixture of being on the hand service and the trauma service got to see two sets of teams and everyone was extremely supportive um and it really stuck with me from my rotation until interview weekend which like i said is already one of the most fun weekends ever and that just was a big reminder three or four months after my away rotation that you know i really like this place Thankfully, being a virtual sub, I got to experience a little bit of that as well, albeit not quite in person, but I'll take it virtually. <laughs> yeah. In your opinion, and it might be repeated from the strengths you mentioned earlier, but in your opinion, what sets your program apart from all the others? I think one of the biggest things I was looking for in a program was, look, no matter where you're going to go for residency, you're going to work your butt off. 
a lot of hours, a lot of call, a lot of hard work, but I wanted to be in a place that I would also love living in. San Diego is absolutely paradise. I spent some time here growing up. I mean, I, I live, my parents are two hours away and, you know, I, I'd visit here once a, every other year or something like that, just for a weekend. But when I was on my rotation here, interview weekend, and now as a resident, now that I fully experienced San Diego, it's, it's really an amazing city. You have the big downtown area. If you were into that in terms of, you know, the downtown vibe and restaurants and clubs and that sort of thing. And then there's a lot of community surrounding it, each with its own little neighborhood feel. On top of that, the weather's perfect all the time. We're, we were talking earlier actually about how it never really gets hotter than 85 at its worst in the summer or colder than, you know, 50s at night in the winter. You never really need a hot, uh, really thick jacket it's it's always perfect you you work hard but then if you get to catch a brief moment of sun it's really therapeutic and so yeah i mean like i said on top of all the stuff i love about the program the location is also ideal also being two hours away where i grew up san diego i would go there at least once a year if not multiple times during the same year so in addition to the weather i can't i can't even begin to fathom the the type of Mexican food you get here is just unparalleled anywhere else. <laughs> but that's just yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing that one yeah. out there. And we're also really close to Mexico. So, you know, before COVID happened, we were, a lot of us would go to Mexico every now and then, get some tacos, lobsters, and, you know, hang out in, in Mexico. It was a lot of fun as well. Definitely. And I want to echo everything you said about San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> the next question I wanted to ask is about research blocks. So you took a research here. But if you were to do a five-year track, are there any dedicated research blocks? Yeah, that, that's something we're actually actively working on right now. Because, like you said, we, we phased it out very recently. Um, so we're working on getting mo- you know a few months of research built into our schedule. And one of our senior residents is rotation scheduled to, to make that happen. Right now, the chief residents are doing a research block as one of their blocks in, in their chief year. But we're actually planning to hopefully move that earlier so that whatever you do during your research block and your more junior years has some time to, you know, manifest in a publication before applying for fellowship. In terms of furthering the research, um, you can comment either if it's only for research track. What do you think is the level of support you get from the support staff? How often are grants being accepted and how how available are funding? Yeah, so the support staff is really good. We have quite a, a few different options for research. There's clinical and translational research at our um, La Jolla campus, which, you know, um, if, if that's what you want to do, you want to do lab work and work with, or work <laughs> with, uh, you know, mice and things like that, that's definitely available to you. There's a great support staff and they are well-funded. There's also Rady Children's Hospital, which is on top of being one of the premier pediatric orthopedic uh, departments, is really a research factor factory. And they pump out a lot of great clinical research. 
And then lastly, if you want to do more, you know, clinical research at UCSD, there are a lot of attendings who um, have great ideas and are willing to give you the support, which is what I did actually with Dr. Kent, one of our trauma surgeons. So I, my research here was full of clinical research at UCSD, working mostly with Dr. Kent. Um, And you asked about funding. Uh, I personally got a grant. I know the research resident in the year before me also got a, um, I want to say $20,000 grant. And so it's there. It's, it's there for applying to, and we've had some recent success with that. And I just want to touch on the faculty. Are you able to work with multiple faculty or you're only allowed to work with one specific faculty? Oh, it's whatever you want. I worked primarily with Dr. Kent, but I also had some projects in other areas with, uh, a couple of the other faculty members at either at Rady Children's or other attendings at UCSD. I, I just, I was said that my majority of my projects were with Dr. Ken. And just to round up all the research, is there a actual research requirement for UCSD? We, I think like all ACGME programs require one research product product during the entirety of residency. However, for us, we actually require at least submission of abstracts, I believe three out of the five years. Um, so it's just to show that you're continuing to be involved and um, doing research. So, I mean, the people who are not as interested in research, it's pretty easy to just do the bare minimum. Whereas if you are, you easily meet that requirement. And the next question, I want to talk about the gauntlet of residency. Which do you think is the most difficult year or period of your six-year training at UCSD? That's a good question. I may be slightly biased, but I actually don't think I am. Uh, I think I'm currently in the uh, gauntlet of residency. In the second clinical year is where you take the most call at UCSD at our level one trauma center. So in terms of, um, in terms of the, the most intense year, I would say my current year, so the you know clinical two, after that, or I guess I'll, I'll rewind. Our intern year is all in all pretty, pretty chill. Um, they don't, there's no, you know, call or anything like that. Or, but then as you move on, the second year is the hardest year in terms of call. Then the third year is um, the, the call is mostly done in North County, which is level two. And then sprinkled in, you have call at Rady Children's Hospital three times throughout as a clinical two, a clinical three and a clinical four. The rest after that is all home call where you're backing up the junior resident on call. So really this year is the hardest year. And then it it's uh, ramps down in terms of call, but ramps up in terms of operative responsibility, which is, which is awesome. And obviously what we're all here for. The answer to my next question already preemptively was going to ask about call schedule, which is perfect. Uh, last question about call is, is there a night float system? No, we don't currently have a night float system. It's all just uh, 24 hours of the post-call day. And we've talked a lot about the strengths of UCSD. If there was one thing you can change about your program, what would it be? Uh, oof. Tough question. Okay, maybe this is a little bit of a cop-out, but we have to pay for our parking which kind of stinks it that's not necessarily a knock on my program that's maybe UCSD as a whole 
we used to get a discount on parking and actually we're, you know, on the bright side, we have a uh, resident and fellow union where the lawyer is actually fighting to get us back. (laughs) So that kind of stinks, but it's in the grand scheme of things, not that bad. Sounds good. And I'll definitely ask about parking later, but again, uh, it's great. I'm going to touch on that in a little bit afterwards. And in regards to change, do residents have any input for change? And if they do, what are the avenues for change? Oh, yeah. We, our feedback to the program is taken very seriously. And a lot of changes happen because of it. Um, we have a very, like I said, we have a very close relationship with each other as residents and with our faculty. Everyone is very open to feedback and support us and want us to be happy and, and successful. In terms of the avenue for change, I would say as a junior resident, you most of the time you're probably going to our administrative chief with, with um, any concerns who acts as a liaison between the residency program and the faculty. But if you have something that requires, you know, help and true help, all of our faculty are willing to um, are willing to listen and offer advice and point you in the right direction. Um, and I, I know personally that our program director, Dr. Schwartz, is extremely open and is, is really like our really like a parent to all of us and and looks after us and makes sure that we're all well taken care of and and happy in our residency program. So there's a lot of, a lot of um, input that we have that actually gets looked at and listened to and, and changed. And so it's great. It's great. I don't feel like I have to hide any of any concerns that I have, which is a great quality in a program. And I think the faculty are super receptive to feedback and they're always checking to make sure that everything's okay. At least that's the vibe I got on the Zoom calls. Yeah. So definitely echo that. Um, just to change gears a little bit, what subspecialty is the best experience in your mind? I think it's hard for me to answer that completely since I haven't done everything yet. But from what I've done, I mean, trauma has been amazing in terms of the educational benefit of it. I mean, you've you've seen our, our educational bone boards every morning. It's Essentially, every morning we're we're learning a lot about every case that we see on call and or operated on, and so so we have dedicated education time on this trauma service every single day. Um, so I'm learning a ton. Yes, it's difficult in terms of hours and call, but I I feel like I'm actually you know improving <laughs> as a resident. Definitely, and again, residency is probably where you learn get most of your training. Yep. So you're expected. To yep, start. exactly. And have you heard, or have you personally experienced any service where it is difficult to complete cases, pre-case requirements? No, no, not here. I mean, we all of our rotations are in San Diego, within a 20-minute drive of each other, so we don't have to do any away rotations, and we have high enough volume where I haven't heard of it being an issue. I mean, I think the bigger problem is that there's so much volume that most people don't actually log all of their cases. (laughs) So. 
which is not a bad problem yeah. to have. <laughs> and the next question would be, how often are you double scrubbed? Are there fellows at the program? And what are the competition like for cases? Like I said, I think my, my experience is a little bit limited, but um, we have fellows in a few of the specialties, including trauma, joints, hand, and pediatrics. I maybe miss oh spine. So those are the five programs that have a fellow uh, or or more. I think Peds has a few fellows and Spine has two. Um, double scrubbed. It really depends on the on the service and on the day. For instance, you know on on Spine, you're, you're it's essentially a preceptorship with one of the attendings, and there's also a fellow assigned. And then on trauma, it's more of a an entire team since trauma has high enough volume where you need more than just more than just that. But so I mean, there are instances where we're double scrub. At the same time, there are instances where you know uh, where the fellow or the chief is the one walking you through a case as a junior that are level appropriate. So that that's a really huge perk. I mean. I, I was with our fellow, our trauma fellow, who basically just uh, walked me through an ankle fracture, a clavicle fracture, a nail, and it's it's me basically doing it, and he's offering tips, guidance, and, and our attendings there as well, offering pearls and education and all that, um, whereas the bigger cases like, you know, acetabulum fractures, pylons, plateaus, those are probably more often double scrubbed and maybe more hands-on for the fellow because it's like a higher level procedure. So I think it's all appropriate. So it seems like it's educational, if anything. Yeah, I mean, the fellows we have are, are great and they're, they're guiding you through, you know, the appropriate procedures for your level. And, you know, even if you're not doing all of the more advanced case, you're maybe doing the approach and doing some of the um, reduction maneuvers because it's all, it's all principles. And um, yeah, so it's, it's not a detriment at all. I wanted to ask, are there any opportunities for global medicine? Yeah, we have elective time, our chief year, um, which actually in the time I've been here in the two years I've been here, I don't think any of the residents have gone abroad. I could be wrong, but we have attendings who routinely do it. Um, interest, it'll be interesting to see how that progresses in the next, you know, few months to a year with COVID, but we do have fa faculty who are active abroad. For instance, Dr. Henson with the hand service. And, you know, like I said, I did my sub eye here on the hand service and that was one of the reasons why I, wanted to come here hopefully i can do something abroad with him that would be amazing um but i haven't looked into the details of that yet but i'm excited to do so so it sounds like if you wanted to you can make it happen yep exactly and in terms of didactics what are the formats of didactics do you have protected didactic time is it usually if you do is it usually traditional lecture style case space interactive our didactics are wednesday mornings from 7 to noon or 7 to 10, it depends on if it's an OR day for you. 
seven to 10 is protected time where seven to eight is grand rounds. And then eight to 10 is a faculty led didactic. And then 10 to 12 is a resident led didactic. Those who have cases uh, leave after 10 a.m. To, to go do their cases and others stay until noon. In terms of lecture style versus case-based interactive, it's mostly interactive. I would say we involve the sub-I's, junior residents, and even the, even the med students who are like third-year med students um, get in on the action as well. I think, I mean, I, I think that's pretty accurate from probably what you've seen as well. And um, really the best way to learn, because at least for me, if I just sit listening to someone talk at me for an hour, I'm, I know I'm not going to be absorbing that much. We did get a little taste of that, at least on our virtual sub -I. We had a couple of tumor talks and we have a bunch of other didactics that were all interactive and med students are encouraged or actually even yeah. asked to participate. So definitely exactly exactly and go, and if you don't know something and it, it's not I, I've seen other programs where it, it, it's it's kind of an intimidation whereas here if you don't know something but you explain what you think or you're trying to at least reason through it that's all I mean you learn you're there to learn and they're there to teach at least from what I've seen the faculty and even the residents will kind of guide you and try to bring you to the right direction so then the next time whenever you get prompted the same question, you already know what to think because you've exactly. been through those steps. For exactly. me. Is your format of the next currently virtual? And will it stay virtual if it is Yep, virtual? it is currently virtual. I actually don't know if it's going to stay virtual or how long it's going to stay for, but at least for the foreseeable future, it will likely remain virtual. And I think the convenience of it, especially for attendings with busy schedules, they can finish with their couple of patients in the morning, log into the grand rounds or log into the didactics, teach, and then go back into the schedule. So there's a convenience yeah. factor to it, at least for yeah. the team. And does UCSD offer any simulation labs, cadaver, or even animal labs? Yeah, we have, um, we do some cadaver labs, probably, uh, it's hard to say, a couple times a year. Uh, simulation labs, I'm, are you talking about arthroscopies or like sawbones or anything I, i've seen a couple i've done a couple arthroscopy labs i haven't done the okay. yet but i'm just curious yeah yeah we well pre-covid did about a monthly sawbones lab where it, it was it's actually a lot of fun we would go out to a restaurant we would have amazing food have some you know drinks or a beer or whatever and we would do sawbones and one of the seniors or chief residents and or an attending would give, you know, a brief talk, brief interactive talk. And then we would um, try on some implants on sawbones. We just had a arthroscopy lab probably two weeks ago um, with limited attendance, obviously, to keep the numbers low. But um, that was also a great experience. We're doing um, some arthroscopies with with tight ropes and nanoscopes and that's all that was also with you know food and drink and um it's a lot of fun so we we have those opportunities under normal circumstances probably once a month on average okay and any cadaver animal labs i don't know if you mentioned that. cadaver labs probably twice a year and then 
animal labs. Oh, sorry. Back to cadaver labs. Um, when we're on the hand rotation, we also do weekly cadaver dissections. Um, otherwise, it's a residency-wide cadaver lab twice a year, sometimes in conjunction with our Navy colleagues who are also down here in San Diego. In terms of animal labs, I don't think it doesn't come to me immediately, but I would imagine if you reached out to the translational research folks, they would be able to set something up. I've heard from other programs, but do other companies like the representative from other different companies actually put on these? Labs yeah. Well? Yeah. So some of the reps from the medical device companies will host, um, what, whether it's sawbones or arthroscopy. Yeah. I've heard from the different uh, talks in terms of the virtual semi about support and ancillary staff, especially PAs or APRNs. And if there are any at any of your sites, what are the relationships like between the residents and those support and ancillary staff? Great. We have PAs at both our Hillcrest facility and up in La Jolla at Jacobs. They are a huge help. I can't even begin to explain how much we appreciate them. They handle a lot of the floor work, discharges, etc. In terms of techs, our ortho techs are incredible. They're there, you know, every weekday helping us with splints and casts and, and all that. And so you learn a lot of about making a very nice splint from these techs so that when you're alone at night, you know, you're able to put on a very nice splint and especially for something that's being treated non-op, you're not worried about skin breakdown or whatever it may be. Um, so we have great relationships. Our orthotechs are top notch. Our PAs are amazing. Um, I really, really appreciate them. And it seems they keep you in the OR while they handle the floor work. So it's yeah. always a great Yeah, plus. exactly. And I want to ask about evaluations for residents. How often are you evaluated and in what format other than the waiting? Every rotation has an evaluation. So the faculty are evaluating you for every rotation and we're evaluating each of the faculty as well as the rotation as a whole. This happens online, uh, like an online survey, which then goes to our program director. We also have a mentor a faculty mentor who we meet with twice a year to kind of go over our feedback, our OED scores, any concerns we have, any things we've learned, things we've accomplished over the last six months and goals for the upcoming six months. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much how we do it. Great. And I think, as always, uh, from what I've seen, the faculty are always willing and to give you feedback yeah. and they're super transparent. Yeah. That's why I know that speaks yeah, to the culture yeah, program. Yeah, I agree. And I want to ask, do you have in-service exams? Uh, what, what do you mean by that? We have our, aside from the OID? Yeah, aside from no. the OID, any other exams? Especially no, we don't. Okay. okay. And I want to talk a little bit about the perks, especially with the UCSD orthopedic surgery residency program. Have you experienced any raises in salary recently? Yeah, every every year our salary goes up with inflation. So I think it's roughly 3% a year, something like that. 
and do you have any assisted living yes every year we get a living a housing stipend of it goes up every year as well i think this year it was sixty five hundred dollars for the year and typically where do residents live san diego is immensely kind of all over everyone's within for the most part 15 to 20 minutes of each other some people live in i think a lot of people actually live in pacific beach which is a great area kind of central to all of our hospitals and also by the water others live in north county so that's del mar encinitas and that those areas that um have more of a suburban feel. A couple of people live downtown. A couple of people live in Hillcrest or North Park, which is by our level one trauma center and is more of a, more of a kind of hipstery vibe with small breweries, uh, small restaurants that are very good. Um, so kind of, kind of all over. So exactly. It depends on what kind of vibe you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. There's San Diego. So like people like you, like a recently converted surfer might live closer to the beach eventually <laughs> if you do Yeah, exactly. To... <laughs> um, how often do residents rent versus buy? I think most people end up renting mostly because of housing prices in California, but a handful of residents have bought have bought their homes. I would say probably I don't know, eighty twenty rent rent to buy ratio right it kind of gives a picture in terms of how the living situation is yeah like, especially in san diego do you have a food stipend? yeah we have money for call so we get we get 12 dollars per overnight call and then more than that on the weekends i think it's like 30 or something so, but you don't have to use that on call. It just loaded onto your ID card, and you can use it whenever you want. So, just to clarify, is the food stopping only? Yeah, for in-house call? call. Yep. Okay. And arguably the most important question in this interview. You know, it's actually not bad. Food? It it's pretty good. We we have great hot food, great salads. The Hillcrest breakfast burrito is one of the better breakfast burritos that I've had. Obviously, San Diego has a bunch of great breakfast burritos, but Hillcrest breakfast burrito is probably the best cafeteria breakfast burrito that I've had. And I think, uh, especially on Twitter, there were people arguing which hospital has the really best breakfast burrito. So we'll definitely submit that to the, as part of the <laughs> UCSD criteria in terms of the best yeah, man. breakfast burrito. Basically, we need some. Yeah, there's, there's scrambled egg, scrambled eggs, cheese tater tots and then bacon or sausage or whatever you want and salsa yeah i don't know what's not to love yeah especially down in san diego where you're super close to mexico yep. so you have that mexican salsa yeah think, our, think, our think cafeteria that's, that's staff king. ends up making um, the salsa from scratch on a daily basis it's amazing <laughs> yeah hard to beat hard to beat do residents have access to a doctor's lounge? Yes, we do. We have doctor's lounges at every location. Um, yeah, Hillcrest, Jacobs, VA. Yeah, we have doctor's lounges. There's, um, you know, coffee and what have you, fridge, computers. 
so everything you need yeah. from the doctor's knowledge. Um, because especially for me as a med student, especially in the local rotations, at least down in Miami, doctor's lounge tends to be where we end up getting our <laughs> food from. So that, I have to ask an important yeah. question. And the next question I want to ask is, does UCSD provide lead in classes? And if not, is there competition for lead? We don't. So we don't provide lead per specifically, but you can use your educational stipend in however way you want. And a lot of people end up buying lead. If, but we've actually also, as a department, purchased a bundle of lead specifically for orthopedic residents. So because of that, we're, there's even without that, actually, there wasn't really a competition for lead per se. But now that we have orthopedic lead, um, there's even less so. And it's new, which is nice. Great. So no problem. Yeah. And, I, sure. and in terms of glasses, I use a stipend that I earned from actually <laughs> from doing high school covering high school football and from from doing sports physicals for UCSD athletes um and my educational fund which we get every year so there I mean there's ways to purchase the things you want to purchase using your educational funds for sure definitely if you don't want me asking a little bit more can you talk a little bit more about that high school sports yeah we have a bunch of high school football teams here in San Diego and residents are the ones who are being the team doctors and we attend the games and provide any on-field care that is necessary. It's really a fun experience. A lot of high school kids end up um, doing fine, but every now and then you have a real injury and need to send someone out to the ED for x-rays or um, reduce a patella dislocation or what have you. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's not mandatory, but anyone who's interested can do it. And the team I, the high school that I covered actually won state. <laughs> so that was cool. That's huge. <laughs> you can say I was the, I was the team <laughs> yeah. doctor for that team. So in terms of, I just want to probe a little bit more because you kind of brought it up, but What's the stipend like? If you cover X amount of games, you get X amount of money? Uh, yeah, work? actually, I forget the specifics of mm-hmm. it, but um, it's not a lot of money, but you get some kind of addition to your educational stipend by covering games. I don't remember the exact amount, but we get $1,000 per year to spend however we want um, for educational materials. Okay, and just to talk about those resources in the education stipend is there any requirement on how you spend that thousand dollars? no it just has to be for something educational so it can be for um i you know for lead glasses or thyroid shields or it can also be for travel for a conference or books or yeah anything like that okay and let's talk about the parking situation. You did mention that parking is not included. Is that only at a site, a specific site, or is it generally well across? At the UCSD, parking is not included. At Radio Children's, it is. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, I'm merely talking about UCSD. Yeah. Okay. And 
in your opinion, um, how is the insurance package like? Our insurance is amazing. We are able to cover our spouses and dependents and, you know, children free of charge, as well as ourselves, obviously. That includes medical, dental, vision with no, no premiums and very little copay. Yeah. That's great. Exactly. There's no, you're not making any less money by including more of your family on your insurance policy. Right. Right. Not knowing what anything happens, but definitely. And last question about the perks is if the residency. Yes. We are unionized for residents and fellows. Okay. And the next three questions I have uh, to conclude the interview about from incoming information from medical students. So for international medical graduates, will UCSD consider and accept them? I'm actually not sure the answer to that, just because I think the sheer volume of domestic grads is so high that I don't quite remember um, international grads. I, I imagine we do, but I, I, I would need to find out. Definitely. And the next question is, are there any virtual opportunities for upcoming applicants? Other than a virtual sub-I or I'm not. Um, Other than a virtual sub-I. I don't think so. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I know we have virtual sub-I's pretty much throughout the rest of this calendar year. Um, so that's those are two-week opportunities to get to know our program and participate in the education and getting to know the residents through happy hours. Um, aside from that, I'm, I'm not sure if there's anything other, else planned. Okay. Well, thank you for your honesty. And the last question I have is for a interested medical student with the lack of a ways and without including the virtual sub I, how else can they show genuine interest in the program? Yeah, uh, obviously this is a, a tough year for you guys. I think if you're interested in the program, you can feel free to reach out to any of the residents. Our, our emails are on our US ECSD website. Um, we're happy to answer any questions. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing is just trying to figure out what kind of program you want to end up at and asking the right questions to the programs you're interested to figure out if it would be a good fit for you. Definitely. And at least that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast, just to spread the words. Yeah, that's great. I mean, what you're doing is amazing. I think it's a great idea, especially in this, this climate where we can't really get to know you on a person to person basis. So yeah, good work. Thank you, man. And that concludes our interview. If there's anything else that we haven't covered and you want to address. No, it's been great. 